Hey everybody, welcome to the Philly Insider Podcast. It's your boy Sanj. So today, just doing a quick little NBA Finals preview for you guys. Don't think I'll make this too long. Just, you know, Finals starting tonight. It's being filmed Wednesday morning, Finals starting tonight at 9, I believe. And I just wanted to do a quick preview, go over a few things for those of you who are really into the NBA scene like that. I know we usually just cover Philly sports for the most part, but, you know, it is the NBA Finals. It's a big deal. And considering there was a point where I thought we wouldn't even have basketball back at all, I'm so excited to watch it. And yeah, I mean, let's hop right into it. The first thing I really wanted to go over was the team structure of both teams. So I wanted to start with the Lakers for this. The Lakers team structure is, I thought of like a bunch of fancy ways to describe it and like the offensive strategies they use, the defensive scheme they run, but I decided on a much more simple, descriptive word for the Lakers team structure, and that's LeBron. Yeah, that's it. That's all I <laughs> look. I know it's really simplistic to say that, and I know they have AD. I know they have two twin towers in Dwight and Javel. I know KCP can hit shots. I know Danny Green can hit shots and defend. And playoff Rondo is a real thing. And Alex Caruso might be the best player in the history of the NBA. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I misset his name. Caruso. My bad. Otherwise known as GOAT. But jokes aside, that whole team only functions together like that because of LeBron. Because I'll tell you this right now. Those are decent to below average pieces. Those are decent to average pieces on any other team. It's only on this team with LeBron where those pieces all come together to form the Lakers championship team. And I understand that AD obviously is like a bit of, Oh, what he's a separate category. Like he is their second, like huge superstar, arguable top five player in the game. Honestly, probably top five player in the game after the way Kawhi choked these playoffs. But AD doesn't really fit into that category of people who LeBron can elevate so much, but even he is incorporated a lot better into this team by the way LeBron plays. To explain that a bit more, I'm just going to put it like this. This will become more highlighted when I go over individual players in a bit of a later part of this video. But that team, if you ask me, is the definition of mismatched parts. But LeBron makes those mismatched parts come together and work as a whole. Like you have a bunch of good, like I said, average to decent pieces. But let's be honest. If you take LeBron off that team, and I'm trying to think who's a relatively competent superstar. Let's say if you take LeBron off that team and you put, you know, here's a good analogy. You take LeBron off that team and you put in, let's say, Ben Simmons, because they both have fairly similar play styles. Obviously, Ben Simmons is nowhere near LeBron's level, nowhere near. But say you put Simmons in there, who's a decent player, also defends does the whole passing, driving into the lane, can't shoot for his gosh dang life. But aside from that, that team I don't think even makes the playoffs in the West if you replace LeBron and Simmons. And now maybe that's a hot take, but I honestly don't think that without LeBron, you can plug in, plug in pretty much any other superstar, which we have in the league right now. I really don't think if you plug in any other superstar aside from LeBron into the Lakers team as it is right now, I don't think they're – maybe some could get them to the playoffs, but I definitely don't think they deserve to be a finals team with that roster. If they didn't have LeBron. Like he just unites so many of the parts on their team. 
And I'll get into that more when I get into the individuals and the overall team play style and what I think will happen. And then next, moving on, I'm going to the Heat. The Heat, really, if you ask me, have the better team structure of the two. Because while I called the Lakers a bunch of mismatched parts, LeBron is having fire at maximum like force. I think that the Heat are just a bunch of very well-matched. They're the definition to me of the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Because while I get they have a bunch of talented players, like, again, cover this in the individual segment and overall what I think is going to happen in team play segment later. But Hero, he's an amazing shooter. He's honestly being – he's a great shooter. He's a great scorer, but his defense leaves a little bit to be desired. There's always so much he can do on that end now. That will come with time. And just being honest, he is a decent playmaker, but he's not that upper level of passer. And let me not get too more into depth, but Bama's Hero, Robinson, Jimmy, Duncan. No, I think I already said Duncan Robinson. Um, let, me, let me get the Heat starting five real quick before I look real ignorant. Bam, Jimmy, Hero, Duncan, and what's the last one? Ah, Jay Crowder. There we go. I got it. I always forget Jay Crowder for some reason. Don't know why he's been playing lights out. But those guys, if you ask me, when they all play together like that in their team structure, they're the better team than the Lakers. Like the way their team is constructed, they just have a better structure than the Lakers do. The Lakers are mismatched parts. The Heat are a whole greater than the sum of their parts, which almost perfectly complement each other when you watch the way that they play. Anyway, having... I think confused myself during that segment. I'm going to go now into the individuals from each player, not each player from each team. So since I started with the Lakers last time, I'll start with the heat this time. I already started a bit of a rant on here. So let me go into that. The guy is a fantastic scorer, whether it's, I know he's an amazing three point shooter and that's what people love to focus on. But when he gets into the lane, he is always looking towards the basket. And that leads into another aspect of his game, which is when rolling to the basket, He has a good eye for recognizing cutters. And since he's always looking at the basket, defenders have to respect his ability to score when he's in the lane. So because of that, he draws other defenders. He makes open lanes for other guys to run to the basket. And he's pretty good about getting off those passes. So credit to him for that. He rebounds. I know he gets some rebounds per game, but I think that's more of just his team running ahead and he's just trying to push the pace. I think the big man, I think they honestly, the BAM leaves the rebound to hero a lot of times just so he can run down the floor and push the pace. And I think that's, that gets a bit overinflated for him. I get, he does play hard though. So he does definitely get some effort rebounds. He is always going hard on the defensive end. I see the effort. I just don't think he's quite learned defensive rotation as well as he should have yet. I think that will come with time and obviously he hustles and, you know, hustle on defense can cover a lot of things. So I still think he'll be okay on that end. He's definitely ascending. I can easily see him being a star in this league someday soon. And I'm curious to see how he performs in these finals because he's been very clutch for them throughout these playoffs. Anyway, now we got off hero. Next, we go to his three-point compadre, Duncan Robinson. Duncan is a specialist. I'm going to put it like that. I love his story, the way he rose up through college to get to the NBA the way he is now. And I love that the league is adapted to his style of play and what he does. But he is a specialist the man is an ace three-point shooter he's 
abs, his release, his shot is so beautiful to watch. His form is so good. But he's not good for much else. In terms of team play, he will make the right pass in the, ter- in the terms of the team's offense. Like, if he recognizes he's getting shut out from a drive or getting shut out from a three, he will pass the ball up to somebody else. And on defense, he gets openly targeted. Like, you saw it in the Celtics series. You saw it in, I'm trying to think, what was the one they had before this? The Bucks. You saw it in the Bucks series. Whenever they see somebody matched on Robinson, they will go at him just because he is a hole on the defensive end. Again, he does still play with effort, but that can only cover so much. And he really has learned to set his feet a bit better, how to fight through screens a bit better. He's just not the best defender one-on-one. Obviously, the athleticism is a bit lacking in his case. and. I think some teams will, I think LeBron especially will recognize that and they will go at Robinson if they get the chance. So look for him on the defensive side, because if he's not hitting threes, he can become a real liability at that defensive end. And he does have some shooting inconsistency, not a lot anymore. He's gotten better towards in the bubble, but in the regular season, he showed some inconsistencies in the way he shot. So I'm curious to see under pressure in the finals, how well he performs. Next we go. Jay Crowder, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about him because what he is to me is he's a solid piece for this team. He can shoot from the outside. He can get into the lane and drive. He makes good cuts to the basket. He's a solid piece of this team, which makes them – he's honestly good about grabbing rebounds too. He's good about making passes. He's just a solid piece of this team. His overall game is pretty well developed. It's nothing crazy, but it does the job. Next we go to Bam, who I believe is huge for this team. Offensively, he's great about rolling to the basket. He has such good instincts for just getting just enough space between him and the defender on rolls for easy lobs. He knows how to get boards, how to box out a couple of multiple defenders to get some offensive boards. He is one of those legitimate, can switch one through five on defense. You can cover anyone from your point guard to your big man because he is that athletic, he's that quick, even at that size, and he's that strong which makes him insanely valuable to the Heat defense. And on offense, like I said, he's a great roller. Once he gets inside that, once he gets inside the paint, he's pretty hard to stop, but he goes to that jump hook. He starts making moves in the post. He's got, he's got skills. He's a big piece to this Heat team. And he's always willing to make passes too, which I think is great for your big man because when you can have your big man make passes, you really can just keep the offense flowing so much better. And next we go to... The last starter on the Heat, who I miss him so much. I miss him so much. Jimmy Butler. Now, Jimmy could come up. The clutchness is, I mean, you can say anything about the clutchness. He's just one of the most clutch humans. He will come through when you need him. Whether it's steals down the stretch in the fourth quarter on defense, he's been getting heck of steals in these playoffs. Man gets active hands, gets the ball away from people. You get careless around him. You're going to get ripped. Then making clutch shot after clutch shot. He's not even a three-point shooter like that, but he's made so many clutch threes throughout these playoffs. He makes clutch buckets in the lane. He's so good from that mid-range, which gets you points in the playoffs. And he is a lockdown defender when he wants to be. He will fight through whoever he has to to get the job done. His attitude is crazy, the way he leads those guys so well. Those young guys, the Heat are a very young team. And Jimmy, he gives them 
energy. He gives them life. When they are down, you can see the fight. And a lot of that fight comes from him. That refusal to give up, he brings all of that. Rebounds, he passes, sets up shots. He's a good playmaker. He's just, he's so good, man. And everybody's been on Jimmy Butler's case for so long. as He's a star. People get that. But they're like, this man will never be a superstar. You can't win with him as your best player on your team. And you'll better be careful. Jimmy might have something to say about that real quick right now. Anyway, gone through the Heat's individual players. Let's go to the Lakers. So, again, I'm for individual breakdowns, I'm only covering who I believe will be the starters for the series. I recognize that – I say that because I recognize that for the Heat, Derek Jones Jr. plays a lot of significant minutes too, and they have other players who come in and rotate in a lot. But I am just doing individual breakdowns for the sake of time on who I believe will be the starters for the series. So now we're going to the Lakers starters for the series. And, I mean, I guess a good place to start is, unfortunately, I'm going to have to cover one extra player for the Lakers because I'm really not sure who takes the start anymore at that Lakers point guard spot. I'm just, I'm not. So let me explain that really quick. Rondo and Alex Caruso get a lot of interchangeable minutes. Playoff Rondo is for real. He stepped it up so much. But they both are just so good about commanding the floor. I'm curious to see who gets more playing time in this final series. And I guess most people are yelling at me. The obvious answer would be Rondo. But because of his age, he is having trouble staying on the court as much. He does great in the minutes he's in, but you need Caruso to spell him. And Caruso, what I'll say about Caruso first, let me start with him, is he's, aside from being the GOAT, he is great at playing with LeBron. He recognizes how defenses cover LeBron, and he reacts as such, which is why you see him getting so many open looks. He makes amazing finishes at the rim. You see him that he's always willing to take a shot. He's always willing to make the pass. He knows how to play so well within the Lakers scheme, within Frank Vogel's offense. And he knows how to play off LeBron because a lot of defenses have to overcommit to LeBron because of everything he can do. And Caruso knows how to work with that, get shots for himself, get shots for his team, put together plays when defenses are really zoning in on LeBron. The other thing, the thing with Rondo is Rondo is more of a, when LeBron is completely off the floor, he can keep the offense going while LeBron is out. I mentioned earlier how LeBron pulls those mismatch parts together. Rondo can do a similar thing. He's particularly great at playing with all the big men they have on their team, whether that be AD, Dwight Howard, JaVale, just because he's so good at using the big man close to the rim, setting up plays where he draws the defender away just enough, where he can just get the big man on the roll for that easy dunk or that finish in the lane. And then if you want to, if you want to overcommit to the paint like that, he will pick apart your defense. Rondo's one of the smartest players in this game. He will go to the outside, and he's got KCP, Danny Green, AD, waiting on that shot. So between those two, I do have to cover both of those two for the point guard spot because I'm not sure who's going to be getting more minutes in terms of the game and who's going to actually be starting. Next, let's go into the shooting guard, KCP. KCP's performance, I think, in the series is going to be huge because if he can consistently hit three-point shots, I'd, I'd – God forbid the Lakers sweep, might sweep the heat. Like, but the thing is, KCP is an inconsistent shooter that definitely has to be mentioned when talking about his game. And while he is kind of active on defense, if he's not making shots on the offensive end, he's kind of deadish weight on the court. Because his defense most certainly isn't anything crazy, and he won't make up on the defensive end if he lacks something on the offensive end. Next, we got to go to LeBron. He's, he's the key. 
He's the key to the series. I mean, I can't say enough praise about LeBron's individual game. Not declining at all in year, what is it? I don't even know. Man's like 38 or something now, right? Like, that's ridiculous. This boy's son is going to be in the league probably in like three years. Like, that's crazy. But anyway, just like getting into the quick breakdown, I guess, passing. You asked me the best passer in all of basketball, best driver in all of basketball. He's so big and so quick. There's only so much you can do. He has, when he gets hot, like he is a rhythm shooter. I don't want to ever say he's an ace shooter, but he can make clutch buckets. And he is, in, when he gets into that rhythm with his shot and you can tell he's feeling it, I'm sorry, you can't. There's no solution to that. Like if, if LeBron gets his rhythm shot on in any of these games, the Heat might as well start praying to God because they're going to need a miracle. Like, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. When I've seen LeBron with his rhythm shot on, there's just nothing you can do. He'll pull up from three. He'll pull up from the logo. He'll pull up, like, turning around, 180 fade on the baseline. Yeah, he pulled that shot during one of these playoffs. I forget which game. But he pulled that during this year, I think, during one of the series. It's just he's so key. The way he unites those parts, the way he gets everybody in rhythm, where he makes sure AD is rolling in terms of the offense. He feeds off the extra. If you get him – any momentum going, just be careful because LeBron will keep his foot on the gas too. He's not going to pull a Kawhi and PG where he sees the lead and then he's just like, oh, I can sit back. He goes to finish out the game. If he gets a big lead on the Heat, I love the Heat's fight, but I don't see LeBron surrendering it at all. Anyway, next we go to AD. He's going to be a huge compartment of this. He's going to be a huge part of this just because, again, he's the Lakers' number two. He's the Robin to LeBron's Batman. He has to turn up. Before, like, AD came to L.A., the rep was – he had a pretty bad rep in terms of he couldn't really lead them to much playoff success. Part of that was due to the team in New Orleans. But this is his chance to redefine his legacy as a champion. And I think he has to turn up in this series. He's got to put up, I think – he's got to average at least 30 points, 30 points plus in this series. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes ham on the boards. He doesn't really like to play in that post. So maybe he won't grab as many. but. He, especially with Dwight and JaVale, but I think he will get heck of rebounds on this. He's good at those passes. He's good at the shots. You saw him come in with the clutch three to win, I think it was game, I want to say, three. I want to say game three against Denver. Yeah, might have been three or four. I think it's four. No, I'm forgetting. But he came in with that clutch three for the game, yelled Kobe before he did it, legend move. But he's going to be huge in this series, how he plays on the offensive end and on the defensive end. If he, when AD is going, he's such a complete player, offensively and defensively. Offensively, he has no holes in his game. From the paint to the wing, his post moves, I guess, and you really want to be nitpicky about it because he doesn't like playing as a big man. But outside of that, he can literally beat you from all parts of the offensive end. And on defense, he's a nightmare. Another one of those players who can legitimately switch one through five because he is that quick and he is that strong. And he's just so good, such a shot blocker. <laughs> Watch out for him. And lastly, going to the five, I think, and I know sometimes they run AD at the five. Obviously, the Lakers lineup is a bit more flexible because they like to run Dwight sometimes, starting at the five. Sometimes they don't. They like to go a bit smaller. But I'll just talk about Dwight, even though I know JaVale might get minutes too. Dwight's so good about hauling down those second chances. And those second-chance boards are going to be big for the Lakers in this game. And look for him to be on the hustle end, getting some shots blocked on the offensive end, 
making cuts to the basket, getting those lob passes, finishing in, on second chance boards. Just look for him. He's going to be an energy player, I think, in this series. I think he will be key to the Lakers' win. And, yeah. So I covered all the individuals for the most part who I believe are going to be really key to this series from the Lakers and the Heat. Now, last but not least, I'm going to go into how I think it was going to play, how I think it's going to play out, how I think the matchups are going to end up lining up, and obviously my series prediction. So I'm going to say this right off the bat. When Robinson is on the floor, the Lakers are going to go at him. They will try to get switches if they are in a man and they realize that they are switching. They will just attack with whoever's on Robinson. Sorry, your phone fell out. Let me get that. Okay, back. But anyway, they're going to attack Robinson. And I don't know what the heat solution will be to that. They might switch him out for somebody else with more defensive capability. Maybe if things are getting really bad and he isn't shooting those threes, like I mentioned earlier. Maybe they go to Derek Jones Jr. to play more defensive minutes. But look to see how the Lakers move on offense first, because I think that would be the big key thing. The Heat so far have held a lot of teams at bay with by mixing up a variety of coverages, whether it's running box and ones, whether it's running zone to that two, three zone. Hate that two, three zone. But whether it's running a zone, whether it's running the man in certain moments, like they really run a variety of defensive coverages. So how the Lakers react to that on offense will be interesting. I think AD has a very good chance of breaking their zone if they try that. Because the spots they leave in that zone are the front key mid-range, which AD absolutely loves to shoot. Like, he will hit that shot at a high clip, too. He can shoot it at a high clip, and he can make it at a high clip. I'd say he could hit that shot for, like, six for eight. And if he does that, he's really going to damage you if you just let him go on a rhythm like that. He can hit you from the outside. And then if they decide to go small, they can honestly play five out with LeBron and AD at the, at the like, three and five. So they could stretch the zone pretty bad, man coverage. I don't think the Heat want to run man, man coverage against the Lakers because I'll tell you exactly what will happen when, if the Heat run man coverage against the Lakers. So Bam and Jimmy will have to match up. Bam, they run man. Bam is going to have to take AD. Because Jimmy will have to take LeBron. Because Jimmy can't hold AD. The height difference is just a bit too much. Unless Jimmy wants to go super dog on him and just, like, destroy him mentally. Or I don't know. Maybe Jimmy will just step off that clutch. Can't ever doubt Jimmy out. But if you ask me if they go, man, the Heat will have to send Bam to AD because of the height. And they'll have to send Jimmy on LeBron because the height difference is less there. And in that matchup, I honestly don't know. Because Bam's played... Some decent big men, but I don't know if he's handled any big men as skilled as AD. And I don't – I love Jimmy so much. But you cannot hold LeBron. You can't – it's just not – it's not possible. You're not going to hold LeBron. He's going to get his. And if they try to so – I think those will be huge weaknesses in the Heat's defense if they have to run man. I think the zone can get broken just because AD is that monster. They have bigs who can grab second-chance points. And obviously, LeBron is always a threat. And the only thing I'll say, which I think could make the 2-3 zone the more viable defense to run is, the shot that leaves the most open outside of the mid-range are the wing threes. 
And unless the Lakers are making threes, which they're notorious for being inconsistent with their shooting, that zone could really end up working. Because I don't believe the mid-range, AD breaking them from the mid-range is enough to completely collapse that zone. But if the Lakers are making shots from the outside, that zone is absolutely useless. So we've gone through the Heat's defense in man, the Heat's defense in zone, and then you go to box in one. They can't really run the box in one because if you try to zone in like that on LeBron or AD, the other is just going to whoop you. So I'm really not sure. Obviously, a lot of this depends on the situation. I think Eric Spolster adjusts it depending. He's very good about that in-game defensive adjustments. I'm just covering what I think will happen. Predictions and how I think the series will go. So I've covered the Lakers' offense against the Heat's defense. Now let me go the other end. Heat's offense against the Lakers' defense. They can run a lot of, not necessarily five out because Bam doesn't shoot threes, but they keep their offense close to the wing and then they work their way back to the inside. Like they really love to start with threes and then work their way to the inside. If they can, they will get aggressive. They're a very balanced offense, but they do love because of the shooters, they have to take the shots at the three. Now, I'm really curious to see how the Heat do scoring on the inside in this series. Because I've talked about all the, like, all the height, the length that the Lakers have on defense. LeBron, AD, Dwight, Javel, like they have defenders. And Danny Green can still do a lot. I know his defense is taking a bit of a step down, but he is still a good defender. KCP is active. Caruso is active. Rondo is not as active on the defensive end anymore because of age, but he's still a dog. And I'm just curious to see how they score on the inside because so far the teams they've played against, the Bucks had good heat on the in, had good length on the inside, but the Heat still managed to get in the lane there. I'm curious to see if they can pull it off against the Lakers, though. I think the Bucks did a spectacular joke job in the playoffs and the, enough, this isn't about the Bucks, but I'm curious to see how the Heat score on the inside against the Lakers' defense. And possibly if their inside scoring gets shut down, which I think there is a high chance of, how do they win? Do they do it from the outside? Do they do it with the mid-range? I'm curious to see how that happens. I don't think that the Heat offense will be getting as many second-chance boards. They got a lot of second-chance boards so far in these playoffs just from hustle and energy. But I don't think the Lakers' defense will give them that, again, with the tall, with the length and the height that they have. And I'll say this. Just like how the Heat's 2-3 zone gives up the perimeter shot a lot, they can cover it up for it a little bit with their hustle, but it does give up open threes for the most part a lot, or at least lightly contested threes. The Lakers' perimeter defense is not good. Losing Avery Bradley really hurt them in that aspect. And if the Heat start cooking from three and the Lakers cannot get their perimeter defense up, that can make the Heat really dangerous. Like, I mean, really dangerous. Just because, again, their offense, like I said, they like to start on the outside and then work their way to the inside, playing through Bam and Jimmy, going to the paint, driving, trying to get, trying to attract extra defenders and then draw open lanes for cutters. They like to go from the outside to the inside. And while their offense is balanced, if the Heat start really making that three, 
and the Lakers perimeter defense can't elevate because they haven't shown that perimeter defense to be that great so far in these playoffs. Even the Nuggets got heck of threes in their series. It's a loss, but they got a heck looks at three if you just look at that game. Well, all their games. So I don't know. The Lakers perimeter defense is real suspect to me, and I think the Heat's offense really does perimeter offense really well. So be on the lookout for that, how the three-point shooting goes. Because then if they really do get the three-point shooting going, then the Lakers defense has to commit out further, stretches the defense, and then possibly you get things going on the inside, and then basically you're screwed. So the Lakers let the Heat get their three-point shooting going. If they can't step up their perimeter defense, this could be a huge problem. But I also think they will be pretty good about shutting down the inside game. So, yeah, those are my predictions, basically, for how I think the teams will play against each other. I haven't really highlighted a lot of individual matchups aside from that. I think they will go at Robinson. The Lakers will if they can get him in man. And if the Heat run man, who I think Jimmy and Bam will have to guard, but I just don't know. There are a lot could change throughout the series. And obviously, I'm just making predictions. I'm completely guessing, just like trying to rely on what knowledge I do have of basketball. But I hope I gave you guys some information on how this series might go. And now it's time for my official prediction. What am I calling? I think my Hunter said it the best. Miriam were texting about this earlier a couple days ago. The Heat are the team to root for, but the Lakers are going to win. I'm calling Lakers in. I don't think this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I think it is going to be, or maybe it is going to be a popular opinion. I don't know how many people are rolling with the heat now. I'm going with the Lakers in five. I'm really tempted to call sweep, but like I mentioned, I think the way that the heat's three point shooting is just so deadly. will play definitely right into the Lakers weakness of perimeter defense. And I really don't think that the Heat are going out in the sweep. I just can't see the Heat going out in the sweep. But I do think LeBron has had enough of the haters doubting him. He's really ready to just go into these finals and shut, the, shut it down. He's ready to go. He's ready to go grab his fourth ring. He's not having it. He's not playing around. He's not blowing no lead. He's going in. Like, he's fought to get this far. He's come back from that injury last season. If you ask me, uh, no, because the MVP is a regular season award, so it should go to Giannis. You could give the MVP to LeBron pretty much every year he's been in the league. But he did get a little bit robbed this year, if you ask me. Eh, at me for that. But LeBron is here to play. I see him leading the Lakers to a championship. I do see it in five games. Maybe I'll go wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that. In fact, most probably I will be wrong about that. But that's my guess. Lakers in five. And I don't know. Comment below if you want what you think the series will be, who you think you got, and how many games. But yeah, I'm curious to see if what I said plays out. Curious to see how what I said plays out. I think that's the exact same thing I just said. Sorry, it's pretty early in the morning. I'm pretty tired. So forgive me if I have any grammar mistakes from Jack like that. But yeah. Anyway, that's it for this podcast. Just wanted to get this out before the finals start tonight. So excited to watch. Also, comment below who you think's got game one because I think that could be huge for momentum in the series. You never know. With LeBron, maybe he will lose game one and he'll just be like, all right, four straight wins next. So, 
Yep. So excited for basketball to be back as always like comment, subscribe. Love you guys. Thank you for supporting us. The channel been growing and yeah, God bless you all.